0: Eric, Dan. Thank you. All right. Working? Can we hear me? Everybody can hear me except for my yelling voice. It's actually the microphone. You can hear me? Perfect. All right. So I was 12 years old, and at that point, I thought I had an opportunity of a lifetime. A local farmer up the street gave my dad a call and see if, any, if uh, one of his two sons wanted to work at the farm, see if we were worthy of employment. I always wanted to work at the farm at that point because I wanted to be like my older cousin. My older cousin had two things that I wanted. He had money so he could buy himself some toys, bikes and ATVs and dirt bikes and all that kind of stuff. And he also had abs. I never got to the second part, but we'll get, we'll get there one day. Ben uh, gave me the inspiration to get back on that train. <clears throat> so we go to the farm. We introduce ourselves, shake the man's hand. My brother and I are still young, so then we go and play with the animals. My dad had a chat with the farmer. That was the extent of our meeting at that point. We go back home. A few days later, he gave us a call, and uh, my dad put him on speaker, and the farmer announced with one which one of the brothers he wanted to work for him. I was so happy to hear that deep voice say those five words. I want the big one. Yay, now I'm a working man. All my dreams are coming true, right? How many of you know I'm about to get my bubble burst? (laughs) And to make sure that I got that bubble burst really hard and early, we uh, started my career out by doing stone picking for the first two weeks. For those of you who don't know what stone picking is, you do your morning chores, and then the farmer drives a tractor in the field. When he sees a stone he wants you to pick up, he stops. You pick up the stone, or two, or three, or 10, put them in the trailer, hop back in, and away we go. So that was my life for the first two weeks. Mind you, I've worked hard in my life at this point, but not like this. This felt like an absolute boot camp. Well, sorry, Ben, you went through way worse. (laughs) And for those next two weeks, my life consisted of get up, get dressed, bike to work, do the morning chores, have your breakfast, do some stone picking, have your lunch, do some stone picking, have your supper. Then you do your chores, I would bike home, take a nice hot shower, vomit and pass out from the from exhaustion. Did that for two weeks straight. But I was thrilled to do it. I thought it was a rite of passage. Told myself I can't be the only farmhand that's been through this kind of stuff. It's been through, It's it's part of getting through the farm work, right? You got to get built up for it. So, but I was on a mission, a mission. I wanted to succeed at any rate. So to get through the, all I had to do was to get through this tough part because I believed this was my ticket because I had big dreams. And with my big dreams, I needed a serious job. I know I was only 12. I didn't know how to accomplish all my big dreams yet, but I knew that working hard and having persistence was going to be key traits that I needed so that I can build the life of my dreams. It was very simple at that point, though. I had, my dreams were very, very simple. I wanted a fast car, a fast car with a banging sound system, and a fast car with a bang, banging sound system with gas in the tank. If I had those three things, my goals were accomplished. I was a happy man. Boy. So after working at the farm for the next three, three years, I realized that purchasing that fast car and to install that uh, Pimp My Ride sound system in there was gonna take a lot of time at the rate I was going. I was gonna to have to save up for maybe, I don't know, 15 years at that point. Don't make a lot at the farm. And uh, I, that was not gonna happen. And at that point, my dreams grew as well. You know, I was getting 15, 16 years old, getting interested in ladies. I wanted to, have to marry one day, have some kids. I wanted to provide for them. I wanted to make sure that all their needs were met. And I wanted my future family to have the trips they wanted, the cars they wanted the sunshine at the beach. The 15-year-old me wanted the best clothes. I'm not like that anymore. They wanted, I wanted the big MTV crib-style house. I wanted the five cars in the driveway. I always loved to work on cars, so I wanted the best tools and the nicest shop to play in. I wanted ATVs and dirt bikes and snowmobile, pretty much what Randy has here, actually. <laughs> and I also wanted some land to play on, play with all those toys on. But how many of you know that was probably not going to happen as a farmhand at those wages? And at that age, I was already wondering, how do millionaires do it? How do... they must know something. They must have a recipe. They must have, like Ben mentioned, different habits that we're not aware of. Luckily, my parents were in business, and they were open enough to let us see their books at the end of the year, and we would go through line by line my parents would explain to us, me and my brother, how business worked. So we got to learn everything from margins and profit spreads, operating costs, employee salary, fuel costs, insurance costs, advertising costs, right? There's a lot, eh? Parts, um, repair costs, and of course, I got the privilege to learn about everybody's favorite subject, taxes. Yeah. Who doesn't love taxes, right? Having, so having this business education at a young age Paired with the fact that I was already used to working hard, I felt that that gave me a license to dream. And I realized that for me, business ownership was my dream and my runway to take off from. So I want to talk to you today about the lessons that I've learned while I was building my dreams and the lessons that helped me build me as a man of resiliency in who I am today and makes my dream come true as we're going through because a dream only stays a dream if you don't act on it, right? Ben mentioned it earlier, you gotta move. So I'll be mostly talking to you through my experience as a business owner because that's what I am. That's what I have, that's for me what has always taken me to the path to my dreams. Uh, The many lessons I've learned through my business adventure have been instrumental in formulating the recipe that has helped me transform my dreams into goals and my goals into reality. And to accomplish my goals, I always felt that having an open mind when it came to business, I was always ready to learn. Not only from people, but from situations as well. Because every every person and situation that you encounter might have a lesson in there for you. It's Bill Nye that said, everyone you will ever meet will know something you don't. There's also Ralph Waldo Emerson said, it's all about the journey, not the destination. So with that in mind, I will share with you some experiences that I've had in my early stages of my business so that you can see the mentality that I built to overcome these obstacles. That's where I've gotten to where I am today. I will enumerate which lessons that I drew from the situations and how they helped me grow. Now I say that I drew from the situations because everybody draws lessons differently from one another. So hey, if you guys learned something else from my experience, I won't be the judge. Some of the lessons I've learned the hard way, some of the lessons I learned the really hard way. Some lessons only took one experience to learn, and some lessons had to be repeated a little bit, just a few times. Either way, chasing my dreams for me was a wild and exciting ride. So if you have a business, or you're planning to start something soon, maybe I will resonate with you. If you don't have a business but you're looking, but you're still chasing your dreams, I hope I resonate with you as well. Because if you have a business opportunity in mind or promotion or career that you're looking at or you simply just wanna do something or own something and get something started, you might as well learn as much as you can on the subject. All the information is out there. Ask a local business owner that has that similar business. Ask someone who works there. Get books on the subject. That happens. (laughs) No worries. We'll blame it on the bad wires. (laughs) You can Google it. You can watch YouTube. You can watch YouTube videos on it. Uh, On the type of businesses you want. It's all out there. Whatever you want to start, there's somebody that's showing you how over there. There's no shortage of information out there. There's a famous quote that I love. Jim Rome said, you can do everything... You can't do everything you know, but you should know everything you can do. So do it, go for it, try it, there's no do-overs. I feel like I'm repeating Ben. It's risky, it's hard, but you can't look for the easy way out. You have to look for what's right for you. Which brings me to another quote from Jim Rohn. It's all risky. You wanna know how, how risky life is? I'll tell you how risky life is. Nobody makes it out alive. So some of the the ingredients that I've used to pursue my dreams, number one ingredient is I would look for opportunity and get ready to say yes. So after my farm years and a few more jobs in different fields, I started getting the feeling of what I wanted and didn't want to do with life. So I did squander some opportunities, I think we all did, I made plenty of mistakes and learned plenty of lessons. Just for your information, when I say lessons, as you'll see further on in my speech, it's pretty much code for I did something stupid and dangerous and I survived by the grace of God and I'm here to talk about it today. <clears throat> so a few years and many lessons later, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be, I wanted to chase my ownership dream, my business ownership dream. Since I was actively on the hunt for a business, for business ideas, I decided to ask my best friend's father a few questions. So my best friend's father, which, is, which I consider one of my mentors, is a local popcorn-making millionaire. He owns a few popcorn franchises around the city I grew up, I grew up in. Yeah, you heard that right, a multi-millionaire and making popcorn. <clears throat> it just goes to show you that you have a dream big enough and you're flexible, the opportunity can come in many ways. And he always said, Eric, there's two ways to make money in business. Number one, you do something people can't do. Or number two, you do something people don't want to do. My father, who I also consider one of my great mentors, was also a business owner. He provided services to the municipality close to us. So he provided uh, excavation and trucking for the for the city. And he's been doing that since I was a child. So funny enough, at this point in my life, I was also working for him on one of those contracts. So, why don't I, as well, look for a service that the city needs so I can provide? So I found one. I was going to open up a business and do some wood chipping services for the city. It's a nice, reliable contract, five years, easy, pretty simple to run. With my background, I was definitely able to take care of that equipment without any problems. It was a very nice contract because the city provides you with a list of work on a daily basis the city doesn't run out of work, the city takes all the available holidays and long weekends, the city always pays their bills, and so you won't be chasing your money. So that's a great and easy way to start a new business. So I ran the specs, I wrote the business plan, I found all the new equipment that I needed uh, to adhere to the contract, I added all the list of expenses up, I took the certification classes needed, for that specific contract, I found a lender that would give me a loan so I could purchase all the equipment I needed. Luckily, while I was still working for my father on the other contract, one of my friends and coworkers, which happens to be a city supervisor, th- told me, Eric, I'm going to put a nice little piece of paper on your table, I'm going to put it on here for two minutes, you can't take notes and you can't take pictures, and at the end of the two minutes, you'll never see that piece of paper again. I was curious, alright, what did he just put in front of me? I looked at the piece of paper, it was all the contractors for the city and all their prices. So I knew on the next bid what I had to do. So I had all the information needed to start my new business for nice and smooth running. So I know what you guys may be thinking. Why are we listening to a guy that cheated his way to a new business? <laughs> There's more to the story. Hang tight. <clears throat> so now I'm ready. With my nice new big debt, my nice truck, modified dump truck, a tow-behind industrial chipper, all the equipment necessary, all the, everything I needed for the contract. So I bid on a nice cushy contract, armed with the information that my friend left for me on the table. To be fair, I didn't want to steal anybody's work. There was five pieces of equipment that the city needed, and the previous contract, three contractors were providing those services. So there was plenty of room. I just wanted to move my elbows, wedge myself in there, and have my own little career. That's all I want to do. So a midway price range would be fine by me. So the bidding comes in. I set my prices, I double-check the forms to make sure they're all filled out correctly because bureaucrats are extra picky and if you forgot to put it, you forgot to cross your T, no job for you. So, now the waiting game. Five days later I get news. I'm in second place. Fantastic, right according to plan, right in the middle, got my price, got some work. But wait. The first place bidder undercut us all by a good 20% margin. Not only did he undercut us all, he had all the equipment needed for the entire contract. My services were not going to be required. What a punch to the gut. So what does that saying go? Man plans and God laughs. laughs? Now I'm in huge debt. I have forestry equipment. I have all this forestry equipment. No work, no skills, no education in the industry. I was either going to learn really quickly or I was going to have to forget about my dreams, I guess. So this brought me to a great teaching moment, a life lesson, if you will. Don't cheat. Looking for the easy way and trying to cheat the system is definitely not the right way to achieve your dreams. Luckily for me, it was the very first lesson that I learned with my newly formed career. It scared the you-know-what out of me. But now that I'm further along in my career, I see it as a blessing. It helped me stand on my own two feet, take inventory of who I was as a person. The second ingredient I want to share with you guys is having the courage to take risks. Since my business was uh, not going to have the nice, easy path, I had to find a different way to get going. So I'll start this next little part with a quote. By the way, I just want to let you know I love quotes. Uh, you'll see them sprinkled everywhere in my talk. I choose these quotes because, because they hit a nerve with me. Hopefully they hit one with you as well. But I choose these and I put quotes in my talks for three main reasons. The first reason is because quotes can have a very impactful and powerful way to, put your, to bring your point across. The second reason is because they can be very thought-provoking. And the third reason Well, they make me sound smart. This brings me to a quote. An educated man is not necessarily one who has the abundance of general or specialized knowledge. An educated man is one who has developed the faculty of his mind that he may acquire anything he wants or its equivalent without violating the rights of others. That's from Earl Nightingale. So after losing the city contract and not having any plans on how to repay my loan, I started offering my work to every business in sight. Landscaping companies, forestry workers in the area. I called every arborist that I knew. I called similar companies. I I called similar companies in the yellow pages. You guys have the yellow pages here? It started like this and now it's like this. It was like this before. Anyone I could think of that needed the work or that that could help me, needed my services and help me get my business off the ground. And I put ads in the paper and on the internet, that was just starting up, (laughs) to offer my tree trimming and removal services to any homeowner in the area. I even walked door-to-door on my lunch break with flyers that described what kind of work I could do. Just to anyone that, any mailbox I could see. I got every job that passed my way. I didn't say no to anything. Small, big, dangerous, dead tree, live tree, trimming or removal, didn't matter. I was gonna do it. After all, I was in massive debt, and the payments were gonna start next month, whether I had the nice, cushy city job or not. So I started to give quotes and get jobs. On these jobs, I hired friends that I knew that were professional arborists. While I hired them, I was always picking their brain, asking what type of knots they used and why, looking at their skills and trying to learn from them. I, would e- I even made sure I would hire different friends that are arborists, because arborists are a lot like uh, climbers, and arborists are a lot like fighters. They all have their own way, and they all have their own style of climbing. So, you want, so I wanted to learn as much as I could from them. So after a few months, <clears throat> I decided to cut out the milling man. For two, I wanted to, for two reasons, to take, much as, uh, take as much of the work as I could myself, and because, well, they were making more money than me. I was supplying everything, but the skill was the payment. It was a pretty tall feat for me, considering I was not really a fan of heights. I don't know if you can tell, but I don't really have the slender monkey build. I have more of like the grizzly bear physique, you know? But don't get me wrong, they both can climb trees. But one is way more elegant at doing it than the other. But my future business was on the line. My success was teetering, right on edge. My pride was hurt, but I was too stubborn to let something like a fear of heights stop my new surprise arborist career from taking off. So I got the proper safety gear. I practiced my knots on the living room chair at home. I used YouTube. I watched climbing videos. And shortly after, jumped in. I started climbing. What I've learned doing something that scares me every day was nothing short of astonishing. I think it's actually what launched me to my success. The obstacles that you can overcome when you set your fears aside and focus on the goal is nothing short of a miracle. Because you see, you can still swing and hit a home run, even with a curveball. Life is not always fair. The fact, in fact, if life was fair, it would be unfair. The fact that it's unfair makes it fair. That's fair? So take your swing. Try your dream. No one else will do it for you. Which brings, me, which brings in mind another few quotes. If it's to be, it's up to me. I've been reciting that quote, I think, since I was 10 years old. If it's to be, it's up to me. People are always blaming their circumstances for what they are. I don't believe in circumstances. The people who get on in this world are the people who get up and look for the circumstances they want, and if they can't find them, they make them. It's another Earl Nightingale one. There's a lot of him in here. The next thing you'll have to do to get closer to your dream is to focus on your goal and not everything around you. I have a perfect situation that I can illustrate and that I can give you that illustrates that point. It was a cold Saturday morning and on today's schedule we had to go cut a uh, birch tree. I don't know if you guys have those around here, I'm from further up. A birch tree, it's paper like bark very slippery, they're very flexible. So when you're in it and the grizzly bear is climbing, you really, you sway from side to side, you slip off your spurs all the time, and it just always makes for an interesting climb. And it's not our favorites to climb, that's for sure. But it was the one on site for the day. It wasn't particularly big, it wasn't particularly tall, so it didn't seem like that big of a challenge. It was gonna be all right. So wipe the morning out of my eyes and grab another sip of my coffee and gear up. So I gear up, I start climbing the tree, I clear the limbs on my way up as I go. The tree was in the corner with a cedar hedge going around it. As I'm climbing, as soon as I get over the cedar hedges, I saw something that would change this climb forever. I look to my right, that tree was perched on a 300-foot cliff. So my 35-foot climb turned into a 335-foot climb. So, no big deal, right? Just focus on what you have to do. The, I would leave, I, I let the uh, cliff be behind me and I work from this side. So I'll try to ignore, ignore everything behind me. But can I tell you that the rest of my climb became very calculated? Everything I did was methodical. Every knot was double-checked. I come back down from under the cedars, little prayer, let's go back up over the cedars and do this again. It's not the right time to wonder if your life insurance is up to date though. I never felt closer to God than that point. Felt like I could almost touch him. I may, I think I even invented a swear word that day. Although I wanted to come down and pack my gear right away, I managed to focus on the task, forget the minor 300 foot detail, so that I can provide to my customer the professional service that they paid for and expected. You can't be scared in front of customers. <clears throat> you, can, you lose a lot of momentum that way. Because if, if you look scared, they don't trust you, and now they're afraid for everything in their yard. He's going to drop it here. He's going to break my house. So you got to stop the legs from shaking, climb back up, and finish your climb. That teaching, that big cliff brought me to another teaching moment. Never let your fears in your way of your dreams. Whether you've been in a similar situation or you're a seasoned vet, there'll always be a time that you have to face your fear and move into action on situations that you may not think you're prepared for. When that time comes, double check your knots, tighten your helmet, ignore everything around you, and accomplish your task. Once you accomplish, you'll notice that you'll grow even further every time. Show of hands, how many of you know that at the end of that job, I was a more confident and skilled climber? How many of you think that I gave up and stopped? Exactly. Napoleon Hill says, One is drawn to the inevitable conclusion that persistence, concentration of effort, and definiteness of purpose were major sources to their achievements. The next thing that you need is to reach your dreams is to stretch a little bit more every day and to push your limits. When you operate a forestry business like I do in an urban area, you're very easy to spot. You can, in the neighborhood, you're either flying above the treetops, above the houses, so as soon as they get out of their house, they can see you, or you're making an enormous amount of noise with your chainsaws and your wood chippers. So it wasn't rare that customers and neighbors would come pop up and ask if I can do a quote for their properties as well. So one day early in my career, that's exactly what happened. I was swinging away in a tree at one job. The neighbor came to ask me if I can give him a quote. He said, no problem, as soon as I come down, finish this one, I'll go see you. i gladly come by. Starting a new business, I was always thrilled for a chance to fill up my schedule as much as I could. More work for me and my employees. Never knowing where our next job was gonna come from, we we're always very happy and welcoming when people walked up and asked us some questions. So gladly, after my job, I walked to the neighbor's property. The homeowner shows me this monstrous multi-stem dying ash. For those of you who aren't familiar with the forestry terminology, a multi-stem just means that there's more than one trunk. Normally, the tree has one trunk going up. The multi-stems split out. What makes these really hard for us to climb in is you can't put your safety rope above you. You have to kind of put it beside you. So if, you, if I'm tied into here, and I'm working on this branch here, and I fall, I go smacking into that trunk. So I'm not going to die, I don't think, but it's going to hurt. Because in our, in our industry, there's actually label warnings on pretty much every machine we have. And there are words like, less lethal, gives you the best chance of surviving, lessens the impact. I love that one. So even if you're probably tied off, there's a very good chance you're probably still gonna get hurt. Anyways, back to this tree. This one was a multi-stem, it had three big stems. One was headed right over the house. The second one was headed right over the garage. And the third one was headed right over the street. So I took some pictures, I made my calculations, I gave the homeowner my estimate. He called a few days later, you got the job, but since it's expensive, can we do it in the fall? No problem. That was three months later. So we agreed on the terms and we set the day. Ever since that day until the job, that tree haunted me in my sleep. (laughs) I have to say it was the reason that I woke up every probably twice, three times a week for the three months. I'd wake up from my dreams and wondering if my skill set was good enough. I questioned everything. If I would be in that part of town, I would start sweating. My palms would get sweaty. Oh, not that tree again. If I found one that looked a lot like it, I started being worried I could remember that one. It took every idle thought for that tree. I questioned everything. I questioned my skill level. I questioned my decision-making. I questioned my physical ability. I questioned my career choices. I questioned my pride, my courage. I questioned my existence. Why is the universe made? Questioned everything. I tried thinking of ways to cancel it. Thinking of ways that I can hire somebody else to do it as my subcontractor. It didn't work. Everybody was busy. Okay, so I have to do it. So put it in the back of my mind. Keep working throughout the summer. And throughout that summer, we worked on various jobs. Some pushed my skill level a little bit. Some weren't that hard. But every day, I got a little more comfortable with heights. And I got a little more comfortable with challenges. I was actually looking for challenges at this point. The easy ones were too easy, I wanted to push myself. My confidence grew, but that tree still haunted me. The thought of being knocked off that branch and flown into the other, hanging upside down 35 feet in the air, well, it scared me a little bit. <clears throat> well, the big day finally arrives. It's this morning, I'm sweating while we're lo- loading our equipment into the trucks. I'm barely saying anything to anyone. Which, if you know me, that's a bad sign. And I barely ate that morning. morning. So if you know anything else about me, that's a really bad sign. (laughs) So we load our gear, we head to site. Remember, I haven't seen this tree in about three months. Three long, sleep-deprived months. I get to the tree, I get to the the address, I get out of the truck, I look at the tree. (sighs) I breathe a big sigh of relief. I was gonna make easy work of this tree. This is actually, not only was I not afraid of this tree anymore, this was going to be fun. It looked easy. And that's exactly what it was. I enjoyed myself doing that tree. Beautiful day. I got good exercise. It was, I loved it. It was, I really enjoyed myself. So the lesson from this one is you got to give yourself time to learn. Go easy on yourself and concentrate on the progress. How many of you know that the that the journey to your dreams probably won't go exactly as planned. But understand that if you'll learn from the journey and keep applying the success principles, you too eventually will overcome a sleep-depriving obstacle. And you'll find to realize that you had nothing to lose sleep over in the first place. Which brings me to my next quote. Work never killed anyone. Worry does the damage. And worry would disappear if we just settle down and do the work. Another great ability to add to your success toolbox is the ability to get over obstacles, deal with distractions, and rebound harder than the fall. To successfully drive towards your dreams, you'll be be dealing with distractions and obstacles. That's inevitable. How you deal with these obstacles are key to what drives that success forward. In the first year of owning my business, I accepted a job. It's a very large maple tree in a very little area that we can bring the branches down into. So we were gonna to have to use pulleys and ropes and do this whole thing in this small area. We had about 10, about the size of this stage actually, is the area that I could bring the branches down in. But this tree, the trunk took three feet. So it was not a lot of room. And I had to wedge everything between a house, a garage, a gazebo, a fence, cedar hedge and then the neighbor's house. So everything had to come right down here. It was going to be a long day. I wasn't quite comfortable with walking out on limbs yet. What walking out on limbs is, is you're tied up to your highest point and since you got your rope, you can literally walk on the limb, get as far as you can so you can maneuver and do what you have to do. I wasn't quite comfortable doing that yet. I didn't get that squirrel ability built yet. <clears throat> so I get, get in the tree. I go tie myself in as high as I could. I walk out to, to so make sure I get more reach. So I walk out to the limb as far as I can go. And I reach my limit. This, this is as far as I'm going. I'll keep working, but I can't walk further. I'm getting a little scared here. So laying on my stomach on the branch, which you're not supposed to do. You should be standing upright. I grab the rope. From my equipment that was going to be controlled by the guys down on the ground to bring the branches down and I was sleeping on my stomach so I just kind of flipped it flipped it on the branch and then it came back I tied my knot I pulled it ah it's not far enough but I I don't want to go any further so I grabbed my saw and I kind of just pushed it with my saw a little bit okay perfect we're good since I'm laying on my stomach guys can you bring me up my chainsaw I don't I, I don't want to move here they bring me my chainsaw no problem it was, this was definitely not the right procedure and the right way to do this. But I, I was at my fear limit. <clears throat> so, as I go to make my cut, the idea is I'm going to make my cut here. The branch is going to fall down below me. As soon as it's below me, the guys can release it slowly, take control of it, and do what they have to do. That's the plan. What actually happened is the second I finished my cut, The rope got tangled in the the top and the branch that was about this big came right back at me, hit me on the side of the head, broke my helmet and flew me under the branch. So here I am with my ear bleeding, my neck bleeding, my broken helmet on the ground. I'm slowly swinging from underneath. I see my wife over there. It took me two years to tell her this story. (laughs) So I'm underneath the tree and, you know, you got time to think when you're down there now. So I got, to, I got to thinking about all this, and I, okay, I got a few lessons that I need to learn from this. The first lesson that I got was that if you don't have, the, if you don't have enough courage to do the right thing, put yourself in the proper position for your goal, you're going to get hurt. And I realized that that fall, that fall didn't hurt that much. Actually, my eyes had a pretty good harness. It was a good swing under there. So... The fall didn't hurt that much. The branch smoking me in the side of the head, that was a different story. I also learned that I had to get back up right away. I had to shake myself off, regain my focus, and conquer this mighty maple today, right now, or else I was never going to be who I wanted to be. So I swung myself back over the branch. They handed me another helmet, because we have spares. And I spent the the next 9.5 hours meticulously bringing down this giant tree in the, in the middle of a small suburban yard. Only, I only have a few scars remaining from that incident, but my pride is not one of them. I proudly finished the day with a sense of accomplishment. I overcame a minor incident and focused on the result. That just goes to show you, you have to be prepared to overcome obstacles and know that big obstacles now will become very minor obstacles later on in your, career, in your path. A seemingly big problem at the moment, at the beginning of your career, will become a much smaller one later. That reminds me of another few quotes. Every adversity, every failure, and every heartache carries with it the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. And it's not what happens in your life that makes the difference. It's how you react to each circumstances you encounter that determines the result. Every human being, in the same situation has the possibility of choo- to choosing how to react, either positively or negatively. So after a few years, my business experienced a lot of growth. I made more contacts, more contracts, got more customers, hired more employees, bought more equipment, and it became apparent to me that I guess I wanted more. I was meeting with other biz- local business owners. We would jive on our stories. I was going to business growth events, personal growth events like this. I was reading personal growth books, business books, all with the pursuit of my dreams in mind. And that brings me to another crucial element to working towards your dreams. You have to know what they are. You have to write them down. Write your dreams down. Make a list, review it, update it. The pursuit of your dreams should be your number one goal in life. You only live once, you gotta make it yours. I was attending an event a few years ago, and you know they say when you go to an event, if you get one little tidbit from that event, it was worth the price of admission? Well, if you take one thing away from me today at the Blue Ridge, at the Blue Ridge, I wish for you to take this little gem with you. Write your dreams in detail. While attending an event a few years back, an event quite like this one, a growth day, designed to help us grow, grow out of our comfort zone and expand our minds. During this event, the speaker spoke about dreams. He spoke about how in Western society, we have programmed to slowly have our dreams taken away. We may have been told, eh, don't go down that path. The odds of making it are small. Pretty rare. May have been told to get a nice, safe job with a pension. May have been told to paint inside the lines like everybody else. May have been told that it's not for people like us. Well, that's just the rich, or you got to be born in it, right? We've all heard these ones. So please, if you do anything with the information you get here today, I hope you realize that it's possible for you. My dream is that you make a list of your dreams. Write it down, small dreams, big dreams, material dreams, vacation dreams, family dreams, money dreams, dream cars, dream houses, dream jobs, dream businesses, everything, write it down in detail. Can I tell you how powerful a list of dreams are? I lived an experience that was an undeniable proof to me that making a list and putting it forward in your mind will bring you what will bring you to look out for opportunities related to your dream, to your dreams, sorry. If you don't believe me, then answer me this. When you're car shopping or you buy a car, what happens as soon as you get it? You see that car everywhere same color, same car. I thought I was unique. I wanted that car. (laughs) That just goes to show you, your brain goes and looks for what you want. So this experience happened to me a few years back. The speaker said something that woke me up and challenged my competitive nature. He said, I bet most of you don't dream anymore. He said, I bet most of you can't even enumerate five or six dreams that you have. He challenged us to write all our dreams down. I was going to prove him wrong. I took a hotel notepad that was left on the table for us to use and I started to write. Many people have a hard time with this, not me, I'm a dreamer. You have to become a dreamer. And then you know what, it was sort of fun. I got all these feelings flowing inside me for making this list. Felt like I was making, a, I was a kid making a list for Santa Claus. You know when you buy a lotto ticket that has a very, very big jackpot? You start talking about all your friends, how I would spend that money, give this to grandma, give this to that feeling. I started to have that feeling while I was writing it down. Some of the dreams I had were old, and i completely forgotten about them. And when I would remember one, it would bring back another. It snowballed, and I wrote 106 dreams down. And I still have that list today. Well, number 32 on that list was to one day own a golf course. Why a golf course? I don't even play golf. (laughs) But that was my dream, so I wrote it down. Just to be clear, I never wrote down this dream before because I thought it was a little far-fetched. You know, I didn't even know how to run a golf course or buy one or look for one. I didn't know anyone that had a golf course or anyone that owned one. But it was my dream, so I wrote it down. And you know what? Owning a golf course was the very next dream to come true for us. We were One year later, we were holding the keys to the Riverbend Golf and Country Club in our hands. I had smaller dreams. I wrote them down as well. So the fact that this one came true, the one that I thought was the most unrealistic one of them all, it really felt like God handpicked that dream, gave it to me and told me, do you believe you can have your dream? Because dreams don't work unless you take action. The surest way to make your dreams come true is to live them. The more intensely we feel about an idea or a goal, the more assuredly the idea buried deep inside of our subconscious will direct us along the path to its fulfillment. It's another Earl Nightingale, I can't take credit. (laughs) you got to keep your dreams in front of you. So here's a trick that I use. Every night, before I go to bed, I relax. And I think about everything that I'm grateful for. You have to make room for your dreams every day. So I lay in my bed. I think of everything that I'm grateful for. It could be for that day. It could be for my life in general. I keep repeating that list until I get that feeling inside. That's your frequency. When you get that feeling inside, it means you're at the right frequency. Once I hit that frequency, now the fun part. I take a few minutes, and I live out In my mind, my perfect dream day. Not a big vacation, not a cruise, your perfect idle Tuesday if you had everything you wanted. So my scenario, first of all, I'm not in Canada, I live in the South. That was the first part of the dream. So in my mind, I get up in the morning, I drive to the gym, I smell the ocean, I feel the warm breeze on my face, I go to the gym, do my workout, and then head over to my office that doubles as my toy pen, if you will, and my man cave, and I do a few hours of trading, of market trading, because I love doing that. I work and prepare my next Beacon event or keep working on my book, and at around noon, I leave for my tea time. Now I play golf, just to let you guys know. (laughs) I go home, pick up my wife, we go play 18 holes, After that, we go back home. Our kids should be back from school at this point. The rest of the day is family only. We have supper, play in the pool maybe, have a bonfire outside, whatever it is, the rest of the day is for family. So that's my picture of my dream day. What's yours? You gotta write that down, you gotta feel it. You gotta feel the picture in your mind. Smell the smells, see the sights that that you'll be living. If there's a car that you like, Google the interior of that car so that you can see the dash, the wheel, the everything that you see as you live that dream. Everything you, everything you and I will ever have will come, a, come to us as a result of the way we use our minds. It's the only thing that we possess that's different from any other creature. Also a nightingale. Your world is a living expression of how you are using and have used your mind. You have to make a jump. Many of us have been waiting to move towards our dream situations. You have to jump. The timing will never be perfect. As you can tell, I started off my business as a failure and in debt. The, pain will never, the plan will never go exactly as, as you measured. I have many scars that can prove that one. But remember that the price of your dreams has to be paid up front and in full. There's no monthly payment on your dreams. There's another few quotes I love for those. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal. Every person lives two lives. This one really hit me this year. Every person lives two lives. The first life, and then when he finally realizes he only has one. We are all self-made, but only the successful will admit that. So you only get one life, one chance at this. You can't take notes in this lifetime and use it in the other one. You can't work on yourself and do all the research and the homework in this lifetime and apply it in the next one. You can't start younger, but only the next time. You have to start with what you have now. You will learn most of your lessons on the way anyways. Just remember to wear a helmet and make sure your insurance is up to date. Make sure that you, have always, you are always equipped with a curious and open mind. Because the ability to learn and adapt is a bigger asset to you than education and your past experience combined. All the information you need to get started your new venture is out there. It's on the YouTube, it's on Google. The YouTube, I sound like I'm seven. If you want to be old school, it's at the library in the palm of your hands I want to read to you a short passage you guys are pretty much Maxwell people you probably heard this one but it's a good one I want to read you a short passage from John Maxwell's book that helps illustrate how little time we have so we want to make the most of it on the first day God created dog God said sit by the door of your house and bark at anyone who comes, comes in or walks past I will give you a lifespan of 20 years The dog said, that's too long to be barking. I'll give you 10 years back, and we can keep the other 10. So God agreed. On the second day, God created the monkey. God said, entertain the people with monkey tricks and make them laugh. For that, I'll give you a 20-year lifespan. The monkey said, tricks for 20 years? I don't think so. The dog gave you back 10, I'll do just the same. Okay, God agreed. On the third day, God created the cow. He said, you must go into the field with the farmer all day long, suffer under the sun, have calves, give milk, and support the farmer. For this, I'll give you a lifespan of 60 years. The cow said, that's kind of a tough life for me to go 60 years. Let me, give, let me have 20, and I'll give you back the 40. God agreed. On the fourth day, God created man. And then God said, you're going to eat, sleep, play, marry, and enjoy life. And for that, I'll give you 20 years. The man said, what? Only 20 years? Tell you what, I'll take the 20, I'll take the 40 from the, that the cow gave back, I'll take the 10 that the, money, the monkey gave back, and I'll take the 10 from the dog as well. So that makes 80. All right, God agreed. So that's why the first 20 years of our life, we eat, sleep, play, and enjoy ourselves. The next 40 years, we slave under the sun to support our family. The next 10 years, we do monkey tricks to entertain the grandchildren. (laughs) And then the last 10 years, we sit on the front porch and bark at everyone. (laughs) I got one more passage from Earl Nightingale, and then I'll have my final thoughts. Earl Nightingale's six tips for successfully getting your dreams. Number one, give yourself a definite goal. Number two, quit running yourself down. Number three, stop thinking of all the reasons you cannot be successful. Instead, think of all the reasons why you can. Number four, trace your attitudes back through your childhood and try to discover where you first got the idea that you couldn't be successful, if that's what you're thinking. Number five, change the attitude you have of yourself by writing out a description of the person you want to be. And number six, act the part of the successful person you have decided to become. I'd like to tell you one more story before I go. You know, earlier when I said you got to write your dreams, write them down and visualize them, taking them to action, I have another living moment that I lived through that perfectly proves that concept. I was at a John, I would, I was at a John Maxwell event just this spring. The event was both inspiring and exciting. During the weekend we worked on our speaking skills, we worked on our presentation ability, and we really worked on ourselves. Those events are made to surround you with the best dreamers in the industry. They want to inspire you to go after the things that you find important and to pursue your real path. At the end of the event I was feeling a little extra motivated and inspired. I ventured my way to the stage we were sl- when people were slowly exiting the room. I stood at the podium, looking at the people around the room, pretended that one day they were gonna be at one of my events. I took a couple deep breaths, and I let the moment sink in. I was le- letting the energy of the room fill my heart. And after a few deep, breath- deep breaths, I was convinced that that could be my calling. At that very moment, I decided that helping people through public speaking was what I needed to do. I've always wanted to be a speaker. And just like the acquisition of the golf course, I had no idea how I was going to become a speaker. But just like the golf course, I wrote it down. I visualized it. I made steps in that direction. So as I stood there, taking another long breath, feeling the power of the room, visualizing taking the podium in front of a crowd, Randy came up and asked if he could take a picture of me next to the podium. I said, sure and we started chatting about what we do and why we're at this event and what we want to do with it. After which Randy told me that he organizes, he wants to organize a growth day today at his vineyard and he would love it if I would come and be a speaker. He told me that watching me on stage taken in, take in the moment, it inspired him to reach out to me. I accepted right away. I was trying to keep my cool in front of Randy, but inside my emotions were screaming of joy. And that only goes to show you that in life, if some, sometimes you just take a deep breath and feel the moment, and good things will happen. I want to thank Randy and the whole crew here at the Blue Ridge Winery for putting on this great event for us and for, sharing the, for letting me share the stage. And I want to thank you for listening. And I want you to remember the four steps. Write it down, feel it, work towards it, and then live it. And please make sure you take time to enjoy the future you're purposely creating. Thank you.